Welcome, everyone, to the Avengers podcast, where we talk Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and more. I'm your host, Will, and with me are my co-hosts, Peyton and Torin. Hi, guys. That was Yo, awful. what's up? Okay. That was awful. Dude, dude, oh my... Good lord. Dude. Yeah, well, I mean, I was shitting myself. <laughs> actively, <laughs> physically shitting myself while I did it, so I, I'm kind of impressed that I did it. You know so. what, I guess, with that context, I guess you didn't do half bad. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good at my thing, my job. Yeah. That I'm not getting paid for. Yeah, no. But okay. That's another yeah, we do this we do this for the good of the people. But yeah, so yeah, we'll still here, I guess. Uh <laughs> how how's it going everyone? How how's everyone's uh week been? Okay. Pretty good. I'm yeah, just getting into Warhammer. So I'm poor. But I'm working <laughs> I'm working on a I'm like fixing up my camera that I got, which is cool. And I'm getting back into photography and writing a script again, which is fun. That's awesome. So news. I'm just kidding. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Did you all watch anything this week? Uh, (laughs) I did. Um, Definitely not. Andor. That's just boring. 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 Dude. 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 People Pretty keep dumb. saying it's the best thing since Empire. It's like, nah, that was a rise of Skywalker for real. No, I'm kidding. What I watched this week, I watched um Glass Onion, a Knives Eye Mystery. It's it's good. I liked it. Um the first one is superior, that's all I gotta say. Then I watched Prisoners with, you know, Hugh Jackman and Jay Gyllenhaal. That was amazing. That was amazing as well. And Paul Dana was in it. Oh, Prisoners. Yeah, the, the scene where he like smashes the sink. Yeah, that was that was really yeah. good. Great, great acting. Great story. Everything tied itself together. Um, left you with no questions. That's a good. That's a good crafted story. And then I rewatched John Wick, and. That that's a classic, John Mid, bro. Keanu Mid, but that's it. Hey, you can call John Wick. Don't call Keanu Mid. WTF? Did I watch? I just watched YouTube. I just watch YouTube a lot. Honestly, I I, I haven't seen much. Um, finished Sonic Prime. It felt like half a season. It it was really good, but like, it was eight episodes. And it it ended where the half of the first season should have started. Um, so I can't... It's really leaving me confused. Because I want to say it's really good. But I can't recommend it. Because the second season isn't out. And there's like barely any... Um, Just feels incomplete. Yeah. It feels so incomplete and weird. Like all of the int- intrigue... Like the it's paced that way everything indicates it, it's that way um i'm not sure why it was split up maybe it was a contracting like budget reason maybe it was a whatever um yeah i'm you know what my bet is it was probably like a budget thing um and they were just forced to release half of it netflix is probably waiting to see you know whether or not they want to renew it which sucks because netflix um is one of those <clears throat> like they're such an unlikable streaming service in the sense that 
they don't give anyone what they want. Like they don't renew the shit people want, um, except for Wednesday, which you know obviously they would. Um, still a surprise because MGM owns the rights, but they did renew Wednesday, which is awesome for the people who liked it. Um, but like, I don't know. I don't fully expect them to renew Sonic Prime. I just don't. So that's why it sucks. That's why it's kind of like I can't. It's hard to let myself feel anything about it. I'm compartmentalizing it in this like storage cabinet in my mind where it's like I just um you know sure I have an opinion on it sure I enjoyed it and I'd like to see more but I'm just not going to feel excitement about it right now because I just um know it's at risk of uh, getting canceled that's just uh, that's that's Netflix isn't it <laughs> yeah they keep canceling shows after one season and giving them a chance yeah and then like they they ended up like releasing like shitty rom-coms like the eighth sequel to to all the boys I loved before, or some shit. The only time they renew something is when it's like a massive hit. Yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, I mean, even even the stuff that's like no brainers to renew again. Wednesday, Wednesday would have been a no brainer. It would have probably gotten the green light to renew way sooner than um, I believe it was yesterday. Um, it would have gotten the green light to renew way sooner um, if there wasn't all of the behind the scenes drama with them. Um, um, Amazon owning MGM, and I think I don't know. Again, it, it it should be like a no-brainer or whatever. But Netflix is just like really uh weird. And they barely have anything like. I know Wednesday and Stranger Things are some of the biggest like like right now like in our current you know time they're really big pop cultural um with things with huge influence, right? Like everyone, everyone has seen, most people have seen at least one episode of Wednesday. Um, and most people have seen stranger things at least, uh, you know, in America. So it's like, I um, seen yeah, I watched the first episode of Wednesday, like five times and it bothered me. And I only watched season one of stranger things. But my point is, you know, they're like some of the most biggest numbers, like streaming items out there, but like, that's all Netflix has. And then Cobra Kai, and then nothing else. Like everything else that they start, they just cancel. And animation, like, is fucked, especially. But it's also fucked across the board with most streaming services. Sandman could so. have been something, and it, it's probably still getting a season two. But after that, because the David Zaslav doesn't seem to want to do business with Netflix, it I it's probably going to get canned after the second season. Well, uh, I played. Uh, finally, after like five, four or five years, I played through the first, not the first, but the 2018 God of War game. Uh, I just finished it a few days ago, I think. And so that's, just, that's a great game right there. <laughs> that's a fantastic game. It started off, I bought it a while ago, but uh, I just, I, it, was it was it was it was getting a little slow for me and i was just like i don't know I'm, i don't know but uh i powered through and then it hits a, a certain point in the story and then everything just kind of goes batshit crazy and it's just it, it it's like it's just crazy all the way up until the end but it's just a fantastic game and now i'm i just started ragnarok a couple of days ago so no spoilies please but that's all it's it's also been uh, pretty good. Uh, just going from the 2018 game straight to Ragnarok, it was kind of weird because it kind of just feels like God of War remastered, <laughs> not a bad way, but uh, uh, it was it was just uh, 
sort of fascinating. Although I will say, I feel like they kind of fumbled with the UI in Ragnarok. I feel, I feel like it's a lot messier than it was in the 2018 game, but maybe that's yes. just me. Oh, you it's agree? Not, I agree. Uh, that's like, a, a, tend to, that actually tends to be a pretty popular opinion. Uh, uh, in the case of the UI, uh, I think, I think a lot of uh, people were kind of surprised at how much worse the UI is when upgrading shit and going into the menus. Yeah. It's just such an eyesore. It's and then super the rest messy of the and confusing. Like the rest of it feels just like a natural, either like a natural progression or like a holdover from the beginning. Cause like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Uh, they do innovate in a lot of great um, areas, but more, they innovate mainly in subversive story ways than they, that more so than they do like giant massive changes in gameplay. So, but then the UI just like, Okay. They fumbled. But, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But yeah, the 2018 game was really good. It was a lot of good, uh, like, surprises and stuff that, like, as I know, like, pretty surface level Norse mythology. So I was like, you know, I was, I was following the entire time. But like, yeah, there was there were certain uh, aspects to the story. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> What's going on? And the fact that to tidy the my the minorest of spoilers for Ragnarok, the fact that Karen Page, is, oh yeah, uh, bro, yeah. I'm playing it and I'm like this this lady looks so familiar. <laughs> where I know her yeah, from? Deborah Ann Wall. Yes, yeah. and there's a scene where like she like touches Kratos's face and something about the way she touched her face and like it was like a side profile. I was like, that's fucking Karen Page. And I looked it up and sure enough, yeah, it's Deborah Ann Wall. <laughs> yeah, so that's good yeah. for her because you know. I've really seen her in really anything since Daredevil. <laughs> Have you, um, I, I, it wasn't a surprise to me because I watched this. Um, I don't know if it was done through Critical Role. I don't know who did it. There's a D and D campaign where Deborah Ann Wall was. I think it was DMing. Yeah, she, but she DM'd and like Charlie Cox was in it. Matthew Lillard was in it um, as a guest. Um, it was really good, but like, so she's like definitely like interest like heavily interested in like fantasy oh yeah she loves D. so it's no it's no surprise she was um in it but it was in a sense a surprise just because i hadn't seen her silly little face or heard her silly little voice in anything since that really yeah i think she said in an interview that like because they were like how familiar were you with like the comics for daredevil and she was like, I'm not really into comics but but yeah then she was like but i i have a different sort of uh, like nerd niche. And she said it was the fantasy stuff in D and D. So I'm sure she would play Warhammer. Nah. Yeah. Probably plays the Witcher. I wonder if she's, a, I wonder mom. if she plays Skyrim on every single system. It's on probably plays your mom. What? <laughs> yeah. Your freaking mom. Oh. She probably plays your mom in a movie. Yeah. I don't think I don't. That's blackface. <laughs> She'd be well, blackface. Yeah. That's problematic. Hey, blame her, not me. Sorry. Should I blame her? Or the student. Oh, I guess she'd go. She she'd be going along with it. So man, she's producer. She's Deborah producer. Ann Wall canceled for blackface. <laughs> Finally, we've been trying to get her on that charge for years. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh. Yeah, so God of War freaking sick, and it continues to be sick. I'm probably gonna play it after we're done here, because <laughs> I am just, I'm just, I'm face tanking through it. I'm just, I'm pushing along. But I also watched uh, the menu 
which released, I think, December of last year. Uh, it was, I didn't know what to expect at all from it. I, I went into it blind. I heard it was, I heard good things. I heard it was a thriller, but I didn't know really what that entailed. I knew it was about like a chef and stuff and food or whatever, but I was like, I heard chef and thriller and I assumed it would be like on some Ratatouille shit. Like, I don't know, some like famous taster is going to come by and has to be perfect and shit. So it's like sort of like a thriller in that sense, like an anxiety inducing sort of, uh, has to be perfect, but it certainly was not that. <laughs> it was not that at all. It was a uh, very surprising in a really, really, really great way. And honestly, because it came out in 2022, but I watched it in 2023. So I'm going to, I'm going to put in the 2022 category might be one of my favorite movies in 2022, to be honest. I kind of wish I saw it, uh, when it came out because it was, it was really fantastic. Uh, you Ralph Fiennes or Ray Fiennes. I still don't know how to pronounce his freaking name. Uh, plays the chef and he puts in a pan- fantastic performance. Uh, Voldemort? yeah, Voldemort. Anya Taylor joy is in it. Who's amazing as always. Uh, beast is in it. <laughs> it's Nicholas, so, Holt? Nicholas Holt. Yes. Uh, he's great too. Uh, he he kind of plays a prick. <laughs> I remember when he was in the running to play the Batman. Yes. I was like, I remember when it was like, it's down but, uh, to Nicholas Holt and Robert Pattinson. I was like, this is the worst possible choices. <laughs> hey, Robert Pattinson turned out to be the best one. Though, I know. So. <laughs> I can't believe you doubted him. You've clearly never seen Good Time. I have not seen Good Time. Although, like, because when it was like it was down to him and Nicholas Holt, I was like, well, I can't really see Nicholas Holt. I thought, like, Nicholas Holt would have played, like, a great Riddler, but then they got Paul Dano, and I was like, that's perfect, too. <laughs> Nicholas Holt, I'm really hoping the next movie is either He Goes Strange or Mr. Freeze. I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for Mr. Freeze. <laughs> anyway, I watched Blade Runner, <laughs> the original Blade Runner. So good. Uh, It was fine. No, it's a masterpiece. It was fine. No. It's literally a, a visual story, thematic masterpiece. It was, it was impressive for 1982. Okay, so and on Star that, Wars. And on that it's level, I respected it, and I was like, "This is this is re- this is very cool." 2049 is better though, but story wise, story wise, it started, and I was like, "This is pretty cool." And then it got really slow and really boring. And then in the last like 30 minutes, I was like, "This is very good." <laughs> well, I like. I I don't know. I think it was slow with like. An intent. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't... Oh, I don't know. I mean, do you think 2049 is better? I know that's an unpopular opinion, but Torn and I share it. That's so an unpopular opinion? Right. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've only... The, the only people I listened to have said 2049 is better, so maybe I'm just on the on a different side of the internet. <laughs> oh, maybe. Then. But because I also watched 2049, uh, and it's definitely better. It's definitely better. It's more. It's yeah. more interesting. Has better ideas. Better paced. It just, everything's better. I don't think it has better ideas. I think. I think that it's just. It's just more. I think they're more immediately relatable. I. I feel like uh, Ryan Gosling's in it. So oh yeah. Bonus points. You mean Obama? Uh, but yeah. <laughs> you mean Black Panther? <laughs> but it does lose points because Dave Bautista is not in it enough. Yeah, yeah. Dave Bautista is honestly a lot. No one really gives him a lot of credit, but he is actually a really good actor. I think. Yeah, there's a whole, you know, the the debate going around like who's the best wrestler turn actor. 
It is definitely yeah, Batista. Sure. It's definitely Dave Batista. For me, for, for me, it's Cena. Yeah. For me, it's Cena. I, 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 Cena, I Cena, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. I, I agree with that as it's, well. But, I, but everyone can agree it's not The Rock. <laughs> Fuck no. I, I like how, do you see Dave Batista yeah. just threw slight shade at The Rock? Oh yeah, no, I did. That I was did. so I did funny. I don't think he meant it that way, but it certainly sounded like it. I just think it's funny that both of like when 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 I didn't the Rock didn't even cross my mind when he also did Batista. I got like, oh, well, what about John Cena? Those are the two people in my head that I thought we were talking about, and then I realized, oh yeah, the Rock exists because he said He's something. Just, he said something like like everyone was like, "Am I going to be the next Rock? I don't want to be the next Rock. I just want to be a good fucking actor." <laughs> life <laughs> like damn i don't think he meant it like that but he yeah. definitely didn't mean it like that but it's so fucking funny well dude i'm sorry dave batista is instantly a better okay dave batista could it. do black adam but the rock couldn't do drax that's true I, I'm, I'm gonna say it drax is is legitimately a really i think it requires kind of a deft hand to play and a specific person to play I think Batista's perfect. I really do. Um, and I know I know Batista, I know it's a silly role. It is largely silly. And I know Batista still loves Drax or whatever. I'm not I'm not I'm not one of the people who thinks that like, oh, he resents his time at Marvel because he clearly doesn't. But I think that it takes more to play Drax than a lot of people give Batista credit for or recognize. I think what you said was dumb. Uh, I think Drax is a very easy character to play uh, because he just laughs all the time. And therefore, Dave Bautista is a bad actor. And therefore, he's the worst wrestler turn actor. And therefore, The Rock is the best. You can smell what he's cooking. Black Adam is the best superhero movie ever made. Blade Runner 2049 was great, though. Fantastic. Harrison Ford doing old Harrison Ford things. He was drowning in one scene and... They were just letting him drown. I was like, someone please save Harrison Ford. <laughs> that woman, that woman in 2049, the one who like kills the police chief and like yeah. is basically the main. Yeah, she's so scary and hateable and cool. And um, I love her. I love her. Uh, what what was she? I honestly thought for like a little bit when I was watching the boys, I thought Ashley was her because they have like kind of similar faces to me in the way that I remember them. But I'm completely fucking wrong. And of course they look almost nothing alike, but what else was that woman in? Um she's in the show C on Apple TV Plus. Boring. Uh she's in uh other things, probably. Yeah, probably. Okay. Thank you. That was really enlightening. It was. God, there, I'm looking at her IMDb, and there's nothing that I, that I, I don't think I've seen her in anything other than Blade Runner. I've seen her in, you know, Ana de Armas. She has a, she has a nude scene in Blade Runner. She does indeed. Yeah, she's gotten nude a lot recently. She has indeed. I mean, if you got it full on it, Queen. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things in both of the these Blade Runner movies where I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm, I think I'm thinking too hard about it. I'm like, how the fuck does that work? What's the technology? How? You definitely are. No, it's more. It's more about them. It's more thematic than it is anything else. I think like the minutia of it should. I mean, yeah. Like, you're, not, you're not wrong. Okay. Well, you're not wrong for 
obviously considering in the first movie he takes a regular ass photo and enhances it like a a million times and somehow gets a picture of a girl's tattoo like on her face or on her face or like on her neck and like and and he tells it he tells like the the computer or whatever to like move and it like it like moves within 3d space within the 2d it it makes no sense it's ai ai could do that no What's what's next? What's next? What? Oh what yeah, that? what uh, the news of the week? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the news of the week. Uh, you know, time codes in the description. Whatever, who cares? Uh, Wakanda Forever is going to start streaming on Disney Plus February first. Woohoo! Can't wait to rewatch Depression. Uh, the Namor movie. Yeah, the Namor movie. <laughs> uh, Star Wars news. Ubisoft has reiterated that they're working on the on their open world Star Wars game and has teased a first look coming sometime this year. And this is according to Insider Gaming. It's rumored that the Ubisoft Star Wars game will boast a fully open, seamless universe akin to that found in No Man's Sky. In the game, players will be able to jump between systems, immersing themselves in a vast galaxy bursting at the seams with activities. Sounds like they're going to be using the engine they're using to... I mean, if that's the case, this is all speculation, not confirmed. Beyond Good and Evil... I know that's a Ubisoft thing. I just will also believe it when I see it. Yeah, I would be excited, but coming from Ubisoft, I'm uh I am skeptical <laughs> to say the least. I saw someone say uh on Twitter when this was like sort of uh when this is sort of like tweeted about and whatever, someone said every plan is going to be $25. <laughs> yeah, Ubisoft they're just like it's not even like they're really weird. I don't think they're like even okay. Even looking at like their best games, they're very still like not polished enough. Um, very very much like they seem very like factory made, formulaic like um, Watchdogs. Even though they innovate in some ways, like in like two and then Legion, they're still like fairly good. They're just like fairly good. They're not like amazing or whatever. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Excuse me. Same thing. It's one of their better games, but like it's not amazing. Like and they like they kind of did well with Rainbow Six, but it took years for that to actually like become like what it is now. <laughs> yeah. So that came that game came out over five years ago, and like yeah, it came out in twenty fifteen. Yeah, it, it it's it's only. Not just now. I think it was like a year or two years ago where it really like hit its stride. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like even then, like like the updates were like it was supposed to like help fix the game. It made it even worse. Like Operation Health to this day is like still like one of the biggest memes of Rainbow Six because like, of course, that was supposed to be like an update where like they're going to fix like, you know, just the hit boxes and like the the you know, the the registration of the, the shots and it made characters just like massively like OP and like just horrible. So, um, yeah. And even then, like some of the Rainbow Six updates are like not even like the best. Like it's still like always something with like an operator or like still like hit registration and stuff like that. It's just it's bad. So. Yeah, so, like, when they were talking about making a Star Wars game, like, I mean, they, it's like they can make decent games, but they don't really have a game that's, like, incredible. They don't have 
their own like the last of us or uncharted they don't have they don't have their own you know like massive ip they're not insomniac they don't have like a spider-man or they like like they don't have their own halo i mean i guess you can call could call assassin's creed (laughs) that but even then like each game is like diminishing returns and uh, (laughs) they don't they don't have that like I mean, they have a couple friends. They have Far Cry, too. But even that, like, again, diminishing returns for each game. And I think they have made, like, a conscious effort to, like, improve, like, the Assassin's Creed games, you know, took a step back. And apparently they're, you know, taking more time with it. So, I mean, it could be cool. But I'm, I don't know. I'm just I'm very, very, very skeptical. But, you know, more Star Wars games to come out that aren't from EA. I'm still down either way. <laughs> Dude, what is this? 2016? Yes. That is an old one. Oh, we should bring back Ponage. No. We should bring back Swag. Get rid of Riz. I say Swag all the fucking time. What are you talking about? Bring it back. It's alive, baby. It's alive and well. Torn has so much Swag. Torn has so much Swouse. Torn has what I would call the exaggerated Swagger. Oh my god. Can you did, uh, did he geez. did we ever find out like did anything happen to that writer? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But like that that's like maybe he should get a raise because he did give a gift to the world. <laughs> that video is like disliked heavily. That's awesome. But I didn't think that was like real until like I looked it up and I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so silly. Exactly. Moving on to some DC news. Uh, we got a bunch of news for uh, the Flash final season. Uh, Keenan Lonsdale will return as Kid Flash. David Ramsey will return as Diggle. Sendil uh, Ramamurthy will return as Bloodwork. And Stephen Amell will return as Green Arrow in the final season of The Flash. So I hope this is peak. I really I, hope so. I hope so, but you also got Chill Bay. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! Who who wants Chillbane? Literally no one. God, it's such such a horrible decision to even bring him in the show. They know they know it doesn't work, and they're just like, you know what? We're gonna prove them wrong, and then they prove us right. (laughs) But you know, Keaton Lonsdale, Kid Flash, cool. Like, I mean, they're clearly bringing out all the stops. Diggle, freaking the fact that Bloodwork is coming back is really exciting to me because we talked about that not too long ago. (laughs) How Bloodwork was like. The last good thing. <laughs> yeah. Last and even like Keenan Lonsdale te- uh, tease that like uh, Wally might get blue lighting. Oh, damn. Yeah, he did it on his Twitter. That'd be pretty sick. But of course, Stephen Amell, Stephen Amell's the big one because, you know, he's dead. <laughs> so I don't know how they'll do that, or whether it's a flashback or some vision. I don't fucking know. Uh, oh, Barry's going to screw up the timeline again. True. Spectre. <laughs> Spectre. Yeah, but that's boring. I want to see him with his bow and arrow. Spectre is so much infinitely cooler than Arrow. I don't give a shit. He's Oliver Queen. I want to see him as Green Arrow. I want to see him suit up in a freaking hood and shoot some arrows. This is this is literally the final thing for the Arrowverse. Like they got. I mean, come on. You said you wanted to see him suit up in the hood. Come on. (laughs) Don't 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 reverse this back on me. Because of course I want to see him in the hood and shoot, shoot innocents. Yeah, just like that movie I was talking to you all about in the warm up. Yeah. You have failed this city. <laughs> That's really fucked up. 
he's a privileged white guy. Are we surprised? Ben Shapiro would like that. <laughs> he would. It's right up his alley. This is according to Variety. Uh, oh, some Warner Brothers Discovery execs are open to continuing with Ezra Miller as The Flash, uh, oh as they God. have kept themselves out of trouble since starting mental health treatment. So wait, I, I have something to say. Um, so I just want everyone to keep in mind, this is what the execs want. Execs also reportedly wanted Henry Cavill back, um, but it's in Gunn's hands. And Saffron's hands. You know what I mean? Exactly. The execs can want whatever they want. Doesn't mean we're going to get it. I'm, my money's still on full reset. And if and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But what I what I really think is happening is that I think uh, they're intentionally like leaking things. Like, yeah, we still want Ezra Miller. And even James Gunn was like, I haven't heard anything about Ezra Miller. Bullshit. He has. They just they probably just told him, hey, don't say anything because we want to like still sell the movie <laughs> and if we're like yeah we're getting rid of ezra miller as an ezra miller flash movie is coming out no one's gonna give a shit <laughs> so yeah i think, that, I think yeah. yeah i think they just want to sell the movie but then once the movie's out james Gunn's gonna be like yeah fuck this guy <laughs> yeah i doubt i really doubt we're gonna be seeing them um yeah ezra miller's definitely out. if james gunn keeps them ooh. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that would be that would be like one of those things. It's like I would definitely he's my favorite creative mind in the world besides like Serge Tankian. There's like the lead singer system of a down, whatever. And Hideo Kojima. Okay. I like the three of them. If James Gunn did that, I would I would be so confused and upset yeah i don't see him doing that but yeah that'd be it'd be a yikes it would be that would be a cracker barrel thing for him to do torn do you want ezra miller hell (laughs) no why not they're only a criminal i don't i don't want them you remember this the interview where where ezra was like i'm criminally excited to be part of the justice league (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys know, just random side note, did you guys know Bella Ramsey goes by they, them pronouns? Who's Bella Ramsey? Uh, she, uh, the, who are, who are they? <laughs> they're playing. Really? I know. Yeah. Right, the, the, they're playing uh, Ellie in The Last of Us series. Oh, Bella Ramsey, the one who said, the one who said the clickers are beautiful. They have a beauty to them, and that's why they're scary. Yeah. Okay, well, now I know they go by they, them pronouns. Thank you for that. No problem. Yeah, I'm not going to... Dude, science... Come on. Science says that's not true, so... (laughs) Oh, God. We all know that. It's true. He's not wrong. Uh, This is according to Variety. The plan of DC Studios co-heads James Gunn and Peter Safran is described as a, quote, broad but not blanket reset where nothing is ruled out. So they are keeping Ezra Miller. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness! No, but apparently, 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 there's a bunch of shit because the the Variety report also stated that Wonder Woman three isn't in their three year plan, and then James Gunn said that's false. What I'm thinking is with Gal Gadot. Bravo blanket, in my opinion, means um, Bravo not blanket. Sorry, the not blanket part. I think the stuff that isn't getting reset is still going to be Elseworlds. I think like. 
that's probably how it will be. I don't think that stuff will be canon to our main core DCU. I think it'll still be called DCEU. Uh, or or that'll you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Gunn and Safford made a pretty big deal. Uh, like the first thing they did was rebrand to DCU. Yeah, the I mean, people people are so focused on the new DCU that people are forgetting that he did say that they are actively producing Elseworlds content. So, yeah, whether like the Wonder Woman, although he's they were talking about three year plans, so maybe that does have to do with this. DCU specifically, we we still don't know exactly what he's going to announce. Whether he's going to announce only the stuff for the new DCU or like, mo or some or like all the stuff they had planned, both DCU and Elseworlds. So I mean, obviously it remains to be seen. Which is still planned to be released. Uh, the a few of those announcements are still planned to be released this month. We still don't know when though. And I also wonder how they're going to do that. Whether James Gunn is just going to be like, "Hey, this is happening on Twitter," or they're going to do like a little mini event. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, a broad but blanket reset. I think that ju- I think that means yeah, obviously we're not getting Ben Affleck Batman. We're going to get a new Batman, new Batman, new Superman. Hopefully, a new Flash, uh, new Aquaman. Probably Jason Momoa's Lobo. But you know, just based off James Gunn's comments, maybe we're going to still see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. We might still see some of the, like the the Suicide Squad crew, like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and stuff like that. So. I think it's it's probably mostly going to be a reset, but there's just going to be like a handful of things that will remain the same. But I doubt it's going to it's probably only going to be the actors. <laughs> Nothing. No baggage from the other universe is probably going to carry over, which is kind of a shame for Harley Quinn, because with the Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey, I mean, those were. But at the same time, we barely got to see any time with her and the Joker, a good version of the Joker. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? I'm you saying you're a little good. Shut up. <laughs> you are. No. Uh, Why are you calling him good? Why are you calling him good? He's horrible. Hey, you said <laughs> we barely got any time <laughs> to see him with a good version of the Joker, implying that the Joker is that good version. That Jared Leto is that good version. I don't Joker. think that's what that implies. Oh, I'm, the, the math ain't mathin'. But yeah, but that's that is pretty much the news of the week, which means it's time to move on to our topic, which is dumbest controversies. Finally, there's a lot of these. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many of these we could we we could do like a, a part two to this at some point. But yeah, like we 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 certainly got some. So, Will, won't you start us off? Oh, okay, okay, I'll start. Um, this one this one is not like the hugest one, but it's one that's been on my mind. Um. The controversy, it's, it's a really small one, is really stupid surrounding uh, Lightyear and how, like, so many people just flat out refused to see it because Tim Allen wasn't in it. Um, oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to go with the, the gay kiss, but yeah, <laughs> you went I, with I, the I, dumber so thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. That too. That too. I, the, it's all it's all dumb. I mean, the, the controversy surrounding that movie. No. Yeah. I feel like I feel like a lot of people just bad faith criticized Lightyear just like out of nowhere um just because they were conservative and they wanted Tim Allen to be in it or or because or they, they didn't understand the concept to, or the concept yeah yeah they weren't they weren't willing to get with the um concept and I personally did think the movie was I know a lot of people saw it and they still didn't like it that's fine um personally really liked it but even if I didn't like it I feel like it's at the very least worth it to give it a shot um and not just like you should be judging this content based upon its content, not based upon like context surrounding it. 
You know what I mean? Like purely, I mean. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, that's one. Yeah, that's definitely uh that's definitely a dumb <laughs> tough controversy. Yeah, I thought you were gonna go with the with the gay kiss, but yeah, that's that's that was really stupid. Especially especially because there was also the crowd that was like, uh Disney wants to cancel Tim Allen, meanwhile they're making the Santa Clauses or whatever. <laughs> he should be canceled. He used the um re- used, like like a couple years ago and yeah, the N word all the time. Yeah, he's like he's like, Why can't we say the N word anymore? Dude. <clears throat> Excuse me, but yeah. Apparently, uh, apparently, in the new series, the Santa Claus is apparently he says you can't say Merry Christmas anymore. <laughs> oh my! I don't God. know how true that is, but apparently that's what I that's what I read. Have to write it because he was in um, Last Man Standing, and there was a ton of stuff like that in Last Man Standing. Yeah, I, I I remember enjoying The Last Man Standing because I thought it was satire. At the time, I didn't really wasn't really familiar with Tim Allen's uh, you know views. <laughs> I so I thought it was satire. I thought I was making fun of conservatives, and I realized, oh, they're being sincere. <laughs> this is not as funny anymore. <laughs> they are insane. I I think I think yeah, it's insane. My first one is uh, no Spider Man in the Hawkeye finale. <laughs> I remember that was so stupid. I remember that because people, uh, I all you know, didn't people want it in the? Wasn't there buzz about them trying to get it in the? Um, trying to get a Falcon and the Soldier. Yeah, that too. There was the, except there wasn't even buzz. It was just like the the writers or whatever were just like, "Hey, can we do this?" And they were like, "No." <laughs> That's pretty much that was the extent of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, with Hawkeye, it's like I get why people. Maybe not even expected it because, you know, it takes place in the same area and, you know, the final swing and no way home and blah, 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 blah. But like timeline wise, we still it's still a little confusing, of you know, when which is before and which is after. And also, like, I know we're fucking nerds about this and like most people don't look into it as much. But like just I feel like most people know that Sony owned the rights to, <laughs> to Spider-Man. Uh, if you're a Spider-Man fan, at least you, you probably know that. So like expecting them to like make a separate deal just just to have spider-man make a bit appearance in fucking hawkeye a streaming show on disney like it's not it was never gonna happen also to your point like from my perspective more cameos is not necessarily better that finale we already had the kingpins come back as a focal point so like you know what i mean Another another cameo just thrown in there to be like, oh, look it, it's Spider-Man. Like, yes, everyone loves Spider-Man. And yes, I'm sure the streaming numbers would have been like through the roof if that were the case. But who actually gives a fuck? What would that have done for the story? What would that have done for Hawkeye? Yeah, I would have loved it because I want to see Spider-Man. But also, like, I I was enjoying that so, so much as it was. Like, I didn't need Spider-Man. <laughs> the soup's effect. Me, Literally, the soup's effect. Yeah, it's the soup's effect. It would have, personally, to me to me overshadow the sort of uh, kind of end ending places for these character arcs um, you know, for, for like Clint and uh, Kate. And I feel like, I feel like Spider-Man's presence, like Kingpin already did a lot. You know what I mean? That's a pretty big inclusion uh, at the very least, if you're a fan of the MCU, right. You know what I mean? Uh, more than, more than just a casual like movie audience, nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying, um, but Spider-Man, his presence, his presence is as large as Iron Man's, I believe. Um, I believe he's the most 
iconic superhero of all time um, up there with Superman and Batman. I think those three are the ones that transcend the medium, the ones you go across the world. You ask people yeah. who is I mean, Spider-Man outsells everyone. Yeah, it's spider. It's fucking Spider-Man. That's why Sony is so intent on keeping their grubby little paws on it forever. They'd be stupid not to mm-hmm. business wise. They'd be stupid not to. So, yeah, I don't know. I, um, I, it's just like who actually gives a shit like same thing with the Doctor Strange cameos. Who gives a shit? Not I do. I don't want. I I, I, I don't do want to see story. I don't want. I don't want to see story or character development. I want to see just like explosions and fights all around. Because exactly. I'm, I'm a meathead. Because I'm a meathead. Yeah, and I so, love the Transformers movies, the Bayformers, Bumblebee though. Ass. That shit was ad. Like, where's the yeah. action in that movie? Exactly. Yeah, where's the yeah, where's the action in it? I want to see over design Transformers and not simplistic looks like G1. Thank you, bro. People just don't understand. They're so they're so hell bent on nostalgia, bro. Seriously, like, why would I want unique, cool designs when I could just have everything be over designed and overly complicated and everyone look the same? It, like, it just it makes no sense. Doesn't doesn't matter. The society these days, right? You know, society. But um, oh, it's my turn. I think yes. Uh, so this one, this is, this is a big one. I wasn't gonna go with my Spider-Man one, but I'll say that later. Um, the dumbest controversies is. Captain America's arc in Endgame or post Endgame. True. It, it is the dumbest thing <laughs> when people are like, oh my God, like Captain Captain America's arc was dumb. Like, what? it was. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who said that? Oh Who my God. Bro, 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 were you on Twitter at the. Holy shit. It no, was I'm, bad. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. Bro, bro it dude, was so dude, bad. It was, it was horrible. They were like, he, people- they ruined Captain America. Yeah, they, they ruined Captain America's character. Like he would never like, yeah, yeah, he would never do that. Like, are you That's dumb? The most satisfying arc out of all of them, dude. He had, the, he had a more satisfying arc, in my opinion, than Tony did. Exactly. exactly. Literally, maybe, and maybe this is because you know, because everyone's so fucking obsessed, especially at the time. It was really bad at the time. Less so now, luckily. But like everyone with their fucking headcanon and wanting it to be like exactly what they wanted. And so for me, maybe it's because my headcanon was quite literally exactly what was in the movie. When I before Endgame, I was like, okay, either Tony or Cap are gonna die. I knew that off the bat. I was just it was a guarantee. So I was like, if Tony's if Tony's gonna live, I'd like him to live, you know, happily ever after with Peggy or whatever. But if he dies, I want him to be the one who snaps. He snapped. <laughs> and it was like, if Cap died, I want him, you know, like last man standing fighting against everyone that almost happened. We sort of got like a little taste of that before the portal scene. But I was like, if he doesn't die, I want him to go back in time and live with Peggy. And that's exactly what happened. (laughs) So I was very happy, but yeah, people were so fucking pissed. You wanted a why will you wanted a why? Because they wanted him to stay with fucking Bucky because I'm with you to the end of the line. It's like fucking Christ. And then, and then, yeah, what? I know, oh, yeah, yeah. and I'm sure they also were pissed that he gave the shield to Sam and not Bucky. I, I remember I was there for that. I yeah, 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 yeah. P- P- that's another conversation for another day. But yeah, the people were just really upset that like Cap did that, and then they were saying like, oh yeah, it's very selfish from of him to do that. And I'm like, Captain America is the most selfless person in the like MCU, and He's that was the point. I mean, the Russo brothers literally they were like, Tony's been super selfish, so he made the selfless play. And Cap has been super selfless the entire time, so he finally gets to be selfish for once and actually live a fucking life. 
he deserves it. If anyone else, if anyone deserves it, it's him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things. It's one of those things where it's where it's like I. It's such a perfect place to leave Steve's arc because, I mean, his whole arc has been literally like. And a, a disillusionment with a government that he ties his identity to so closely and then and then recontextualizing his purpose right like reevaluating his purpose his identity as captain america and like also his duty to people and his selflessness is like a huge thing too a huge element yeah. of his character and so when you're literally for five years um facing a global trauma with everyone, right? A trauma that's, I can't imagine. I can't, I literally, in that universe, if it were to have, I can't imagine that pain, right? Steve was there, like on the front lines, literally trying to stop Thanos when it happened. And he held his ground for a surprisingly long time. That part in Infinity War is one of my favorite parts in the MCU, by the way. Him literally pushing back against Thanos. Yes. Right? So cool. That that was literally like... I get emotional. Like, yeah, it's amazing. So Steve, so Steve, like, he he was there, okay? So not only is he processing so much grief, trying to just, like, move forward and move on from the blip or whatever, he's kind of processed a lot of that already. Then the chance comes to bring everyone back and he tries his hardest to do it. And I'm sure that was painful for him as well. And so like, you know, I would be done too. That's a lot of living. That's a lot of living to do. You know what I mean? But yeah. also not a lot at all. Like not in the way that, not in the way that counts for him. And you also have to it, think it, of it from a practical standpoint, because like people are like, Oh, cap would have been fighting forever until like blah, 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 blah. But also, this is this isn't a comic book. These actors do get older and they want to do different things. They have contracts, they have families and lives. Like like he'd have to end at some point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and also, well, it's something that like it's even hinted at in H Ultron. Like it's a it's something that through his arc, at first he's scared of it, uh, a life without his his he believes his purpose or his duty or whatever is to keep fighting, right? Or whatever. He's scared of a life without that, without the war to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even though he talks the talk of we're doing this to go home, to win. You know what I mean? Like, like that's the point of it. Um, um, oh, or was that was that who said that? I think that was Tony. Tony said that. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so, so there we go. There we go. Yeah. So Tony's in direct opposition to that. Whatever. And Steve, Steve finally becomes comfortable with that kind of life and actively seeks it out in Endgame, which is great because he wouldn't have an Age of Ultron. That's clear character progression. Yeah, and it well, makes sense. And I was going to say, like, if if people thought that, that he wasn't going to do that, you haven't been paying attention. Like, they've been building to that because the Cap for the Cap movies and, and Infinity War and Endgame, it's the same writers. Marcus and McFeely, they wrote the first, second, third, Infinity War, Endgame. Like, they, they have been building this. Like, that's, it's been clear. And, and, and you know, you know, the Bucky shit, they're like, oh, but, but Bucky, with you to the end of the line, and people like fucking like shipping the two and whatever. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> but like, uh, and, and, you know, just to, and people are like, oh, but he, he barely knew Peggy. Okay. 
I will give a very slight benefit of the doubt to people who are like, they, he barely knew her because in the first movie, it's like in the, they, it's the first movie and then he crashes, he's frozen, blah, 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 blah. But in fairness, they don't do a very good job of it. But in the first movie, once he becomes Captain America and starts working with the SSR, there, there's years gap in between, like the little montage that happens. That's, that's years and they don't they don't really give you that sense of time but it that it is there <laughs> uh so they have known each other for quite a while i mean even even if they didn't i feel like <laughs> like imagine like have you ever i feel like it's a pretty relatable thing um maybe a lot of neckbeards like haven't or whatever you ever met someone and it's not love at first sight but like you know them for you know them really soon. It's it's like stronger than just a infatuation. You're literally like swept off your feet by them. You like you think about them constantly. You just you just want to be with them. You just want to like hold their hand. You just love like you you know you don't you may not know it or realize it, but you love them at least in some capacity. But it feels really intense. It feels like feels like I want this more than anything in the world. Like this person, like the universe put me here. Steve felt that for Peggy. You know, like, I think it's an easy thing to infer. I think it's a fair thing to infer that even if there wasn't a time gap or whatever, the time, the montage, I would still say it's safe to assume Steve would feel strongly enough that he would want to go back there and have the thing that he was literally when he woke up, he thought he woke up in a world where that would still be possible initially. And then to be ripped out of that, right? To like be ripped out of the time you were in. All those opportunities are gone. So, you know, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's like such a safe assumption that well, he would do that. People also don't use their fucking critical thinking skills because people, people are also like, why would he go into the, or into the past? He like, cause he goes back to either the, he either goes straight back to like when he crashed. So maybe like the late forties or, or uh, maybe even the fifties. I think it's the forties though. Uh, he was like, I can't believe he would go back when he knows that Bucky's out there and blah, blah, blah. Like, like, why wouldn't he go, like, say Bucky? If you watch the fucking scene, it's very clear that when we see them dancing, he just got there because the door is wide open. Clearly, he knocked on the door. Peggy answered. She was like, holy shit. They went inside. She didn't even bother closing the door. <laughs> like, that's he just got there. And we, we obviously see no more of that timeline. So who's to say that he doesn't, you know, go work for them in this probably branch timeline and does go save Bucky? We don't know. People are just assuming that. I can't believe he would choose Peggy over, over Bucky and he's just ignoring everything that bad, bad is happening in the world. Like all the, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. And I think it's also one of those things. It's like, I know a lot of people are also really obsessed with the minutia of time travel or whatever. It's earned it. The end games has plenty of contrivances. It has earned them. It has earned them. A lot of people will disagree with me and think, Oh, all of the, all of those movies beforehand building up to this have had contrivances. They're they're You know what I mean? They're all just like cheap spectacle, whatever they're first of all, they're fucking not. Okay. Like every movie will have, contrivances or whatever unless you're just a perfect godsend of a whatever right um time travel is so messy they no, put it's not. In- i've done it before oh okay uh Torin 
touring has done in real life, but movie time travel is messy, right? It is messy. I'm such a sucker for time travel. I love it. I don't like even if even when it. If, when it's messy i don't i i just love the concept i just, I just love it this character here's the thing it's like the character comes first right then plot then your stupid little minutiae and contrivances like that is in that order how it works if these little mcguffins and contrivances as cheap as they are 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 effective as as or are, are whatever non-intrusive to the character's development then who cares especially in Endgame, where we've had a decade's worth of work of movies put into this. Um, Collaborative work from so many people in a continuity that has been carefully maintained for, for, by, by, you know, more carefully than you think, (laughs) you know, Hollywood would do that. I think they earned it like 100% earned it. So I don't know. A lot of the weird criticisms for Endgame, like uh, the only thing I could say is like it's visually really bland in a lot of scenes. That's it. That's just the Russos. That's just the Russos in their general. Um, yeah, it's just their style. Style. You know what I mean? Uh, and and like it or you know, I understand if you dislike that. I feel like that's not an objective bad. Um, though, yeah, I like I it. Like I always, I always understood that creative decision, <laughs> like with the, with their move, because obviously it's like. Because I, I hate when people generalize. People are like the MCU color grading is so. Have you seen a James Gunn movie? <laughs> oh yeah, look at Gar- like the Guardian Guardians of the Galaxy too. It's just the Russo style. It's just the <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel like it does make it feel. I think for Endgame and Infinity War and um, Civil War and Winter Soldier, it works amazingly because these movies are so grounded and the trauma and the and all of that stuff is so is. Especially in Endgame and Infinity Wars cases with the tr- traumatic element, that f- is so much more f- felt to me. Exactly. Um, because I feel like I'm, this is just happening. Like to me, it feels like this is just, you know, even if for better or for worse for many people, whatever, it's a subjective thing. It's a, a matter of fact, this is an event that's taking place in this world. And I'm here experiencing it. Um, like again, Wakanda. It just looks like how it would if I went and it was just kind of mm-hmm. gray. Like, that's just how it would look in, you know, in terms of the weather. Um, um, uh, the airport in Germany um, in Civil War. Sure, it's gray. But also, I, I you know, you know, uh, for as far as I know, it could still have even a thematic purpose to it as well. I mean, it, you know, the moral, it's a very morally gray film where the both Russo's sides did. are defend it i forgot what they said though oh yeah i mean i i don't think they even need to i don't think they need to either like it was such a weird time they were hating when people were hating on the color because i remember people were saying it was too colorful for the first avengers movie we were like it's too colorful it looks like a Uh, cartoon and so they went the other way it's like it's too bland (laughs) yeah i I think it's just i think it's fine just depending on the movie whatever the vibe is the color grading should change and they do that i don't know i think it works I personally, I don't think they need to defend themselves because as much as I love, I think the Batman has the most beautiful cinematography out of any superhero movie I've ever seen, largely due to Greg Frazier and Matt Reeves, like just amazing vision, right? I think, I think, you know, but at the same time, that movie's existence 
doesn't all of a sudden invalidate a film like Civil War or even Ant-Man 1. You know what I mean? And Ant-Man 1 had some uh, awesome cinematography. Honestly, it really did. And visual, uh, uh, visual language, the color grading in that film was really good and solid. Just because for a lot of the film, it might look like, because of the lenses they use, the shots, it looked like Paul Blart movie, which was still a good movie. I like Paul Blart. Like, shut up. Um, it looks like Paul Blart. But there's the, there's, um, the quantum realm. There's all the scenes where he goes small. There's all of, I think, and it's awesome. I think that stuff is genuinely like really neat. Um, and even if it isn't something that I just like straight up love, the movie has every right to do it. You know what I mean? Like, like, yes, I'm not, not to invalidate any criticisms. Those are important. Um, as long as they're constructive and as long as you understand that it's an opinion, you're being subjective, subjective. You can't just say an objective fact. This is ass as much as I'd like to say Avatar is objectively ass. It's not. That's my opinion, right? Um, it's not good or bad objectively. It is it is what it is, and we will interpret it as what we interpret it as. But um, it's a, such a big point for me, the visual stuff, because it's such a weird – it's it's something that a lot of video essayists, and I'm not naming any names because I really do respect them. Um, I just don't respect High Top as a person, <laughs> but I respect a lot of his – stuff and his creativity and stuff but a lot of these youtubers um video essayists authors whatever they will all of them it's almost like a rite of passage let's shit on the mcu in like three specific ways and one of those ways is the color grading um and it's such a it's it is fair in a lot of ways but it's so unfair in so many others color Um, grading cinematography and the humor (laughs) yeah yeah, the humor. Oh my gosh. The, the, and as funny as those TikToks are, where those people make fun of MCU humors, I mean, it's just a total straw man. It's just not. It's a, it's not. It's a straw man, and it's it's not even a real argument because they don't really do that. <laughs> yeah, they don't do that. Um, in Midnight Suns, they do, though. Midnight Suns does that. Oh, Jesus. Crazy. As much as I love the game, Uncharted 4 yeah. does that. Shut up. I mean, he does. <laughs> he, he... Yeah, but, but, it's, but it's good in Uncharted 4. Yeah. <laughs> The dialogue in Uncharted 4 is good. It is. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, uh, uh, delivery because Nolan North is just that guy. Yeah. So when you have people like Richard McGonagall, Troy Baker and Nolan North bouncing off of each other, it doesn't matter if the script is shit. I, he literally, I forgot what he said because I've only played the game once, but Nate just goes, oh, that sounded better in my head. Yeah, but, but OK, it's different. I, yeah, I think it does come down to delivery. It does come down um, to delivery, but also like they're cliches, but it's not that fucking bad. <laughs> Uncharted, Uncharted, the point is in, it's full of cliches. It reminds me of like Indiana Jones. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a ripoff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's basically like a big old trope fest. Parody. Yeah, and parody with a lot of like neat little subversions and genuine drama, yeah. tension and emotion. It's really good. Um but yeah, this sorry. Is about I Captain America. Huge thing. Huge thing. <laughs> what? Torn just really set us off, didn't it? <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I, I was gonna say I thought like the next one might set, set us off, but probably not as much. Um, but Wait, I mean, yeah, to... I think it's yours. Probably, yeah, it's yours. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Torn. Do you want to say something else? No, 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 no. no. It's uh, uh, it's yours. Sorry, dude. I've been I've been hog I've been hogging it. I... 
That stuff is very important to me as uh, just the art behind it is really important to me. So no, you're, oh, good. Gotcha. Okay. you're good. Okay, fucking nerd. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Another controversy. Um, the Henry Cavill shit. Um, when he said know. the N word. Yeah, when he said the N word, because we all knew he deserved it. He yeah, deserved he gets the pass. It. He had he had the pass. Um, no, actually, I don't even I don't even know. I I I think I had one, but does someone else want to like throw me a bone? Wow. <laughs> I was really excited about this. But... <laughs> uh, well, you know, keeping in the line with She-Hulk, She-Hulk, She-Hulk. Oh, what about it? everything? Yeah, everything. Yeah, I literally wrote that MCU down. I literally in, just wrote She-Hulk in the MCU. Yeah, the, the whole MCU shit. Wow, wow, that is a that is a, a mine of content right there, guys. The MCU, it's real. It's taking our men. It's taking the men out of our. Stories we love. Yeah, I, told, I can't relate to it. I anymore. told Torn in our overall She-Hulk review how if I wanted this podcast to like get pretty big pretty quick, I would just have to tap into that. <laughs> just go MCU, everything's woke. It'd be pretty easy. Yeah, it gets clicks. It's also bad faith. There's so many genuine things to criticize. I mean, not that it's a bad show by any means. I I do like She-Hulk, but there are so many things to criticize. Um, fairly and respectfully. Um, but then to just sit there and in bad faith be like, yeah, um, you know, a woman, uh, she doesn't even look like as fuckable as I wish she could. The CGI is not as fuckable. Um, Currently adding something to the list because you just reminded me of something. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Really, yeah, really, yeah. really, really, really. Oh, good my one. God. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a lot to say about that. But, you know, CGI is not as fuckable this time. Um Twerking in my MCU reminds me every all of the girls do cringy things in the MCU. Shuri said, "What are those? That was cringe. It's because it was a girl, and she's the new Black Panther." Lame. It's literally like, like what are you? And it's also so strongly tied to this like weird like the people who are dead serious about it are so obsessed with like the image of their masculinity. And What's so, well? Uh, well, I also said in, in in our review how the same people who are so mad about this are the same ones who are like jerking off to like Rule Thirty Four. She <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, they literally are. They probably got a boner in the scene where she lifted up that guy and carried him to the couch. They, well, they probably were like, like losing their minds over the twerking scene, but then they were like, "Well, I can't be seen as like some fucking fiend, so I got to say that this is trash." Because like everyone's like, ooh, she hulk can step on me. Oh, but she twerked. Oh, that that she crossed the line there. Some of those things were like, also, you know, they they treat someone like it's it's a. They hear the name Megan the Stallion and they just are instantly like, oh, she's not like a real artist. You know what I mean? Like it's immediately that name to them is just like a a negative, um, because they're misogynistic, because they're racist, because whatever. Right. Um, it's just it's so it's so annoying and difficult to be in a fandom like this. I remember how absolutely just exhausting it was to be on the Internet during She-Hulk um, coming out. Oh, um, yeah, no, yeah, we, we talked about it, bro. It was just she was awful. Like, like, bro, like anything like, like even if it was like a good or bad thing about She-Hulk. I had a scroll, bro. And like I couldn't like. Mm hmm. 
I couldn't even go, go in the comment section because it was just so bad. And it's like, the people are just over hating. Like, they're hate watching at that point. Like every single week. Yeah. Well, it's, it's because they know that they like it. Because if they, if they actually like didn't like it or didn't care, they would just quit watching. Oh, but Daredevil, you could just watch the Daredevil shit on YouTube or just watch the Daredevil episode. Like, it's, yeah, watch a, watch a recap. If you, if you're like confused down the line, that's people make those. You're not forced to watch anything. If this isn't made for you, it's not made for you. It's not something where you need to fucking throw a big old piss pissy fit tantrum because like oh my god like john smith over here it's not made for him it's made for it's made for you know people who are not disgusting individuals or it's honestly made for everyone it's just like you're just making this thing up in your head where like they're just against you because you're like a straight white male you know what i mean it's just like it's not real no one gives a shit you know what i mean like imagine imagine actually getting upset at intelligentsia because it's you like yeah imagine being that guy <laughs> imagine being that guy oh, i can't believe they made me the villain how dare they <laughs> imagine Dude. getting mad at that <laughs> i know it's it's there's like no there's no this is this is um my assessment i i mainly i i use this for um when I talk Star Wars, when I talk sequels with my friends um, or whatever, it's these 30-year-old to 40-year-old men. Um, and obviously, there are, there are people our age and younger, um, but they're mainly listening to to the thoughts of these, like, no-bullshit YouTuber, like, the no-bullshit guy, uh, the quartering, like, all these people, whatever. They listen to these guys, okay? These 30- to 40-year-old men who, um, at least in the, star, in the case of Star Wars, I know we're not talking about that. But like, like they grow up in a period where people are bullied heavily for nerd shit. It's not pop cultural really yet. Um, there are some exceptions to that, right? But they're still bullied for things they like. And um, during that time, like I know they had people like Luke Skywalker, heroes like Luke Skywalker, heroes like He Man, heroes like you know what I mean. Um, all of all of those heroes to hold on to and to cling to as they basically were coping and processing their trauma of being bullied. Okay, and then they internalize the bullying. Though they internalize it, they never cope with it. There's no therapy available to them for most of them. There's no whatever because it's still heavily stigmatized in that period, and they're being told, you know, just deal with it, just suck it up. Okay, but they hold on to those icons, those things that they love. They grow up after they internalize the bullying. Um, And then now they're inflicting that like internalized behavior that they witnessed. They internalize it. They're projecting it back onto everyone else, whether it's through gatekeeping, whether it's through whatever um, um, MCU bullshit, whether it's through um, I hate the woke shit. You know what I mean? And because it's it's it's. It's they're at a point where they were in a time where critical thinking was not taught. You and me, um, and Torin, and everyone. Hope hopefully, if you're if you're my age, I'm 22. If you're Gen Z or whatever, we grew up in a time where critical thinking is actually heavily encouraged and even in curriculum in schools. It's something that we have to do to sift through the information era. Um, you know what I mean? We it's a skill we need. 
So we're heavily encouraged to critically think. Not a lot, not everyone our age does, mind you, you know, because um, a lot of a lot of them are, you know, who don't are taken advantage of by people like Andrew Tate, people like whatever. But but the people who are older, who've internalized this behavior, um, you know, coping with Luke Skywalker, um, they can't critically think anymore. They're beyond a point to do so. It would be so hard for them to change their mind um, that it's just because they, they would have to admit to themselves that they were wrong for so long to cope with the fact that they treated so many other people like they were treated when they were a kid, which I'm sure they don't want. I'm sure they deep down don't want that. It's a lot of it's it's such a monumental undertaking to ask someone who's that old, whose whose identity is basically intertwined with the shit they grew up with and had to deal with. Yeah. Right. To change. So that was a huge ramble. But yeah. No, no, because it kind of reminds me of like the the thing I hear the most. I'm like, you know, um, you know like uh anime twitter and stuff like that it's like the talking point of like oh like uh i got bullied for watching anime and like the the rebuttal to them is like oh no like you weren't bullied for like watching anime you're a bully because you're bullied because you're a naruto running in the hallways even then that doesn't warrant them from being like you know to get bullied and i'm pretty sure people who said that are the bullies themselves you know yeah and it's, oh, yeah and it's and it's like the people who usually did watch anime and like read manga they didn't do anything like they were just you know people who just wanted to be in peace and they still got made fun of you know for that but now like anime is like like you know a big thing now then like people just like forgot about it so it is a cycle yeah thanks to the black community Uh, i mean yeah pretty sure i mean they certainly helped normalize it because a lot Mm. of the anime what i mean that's a lot of the black community (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, you know, like they, they all grew up watching like Dragon Ball and like Naruto and like Toonami. Toonami was like a big part of that too. Mm-hmm. I love Toonami. But yeah, like I see that, I see that like almost all the time. It's like, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, you know, I got bullied for, uh, for watching anime. Like now, now it's all popular. And, and like it's just a, like, a whole back and forth thing. But yeah, like people do not need, people do not need to get bullied just for like watching like stuff. Like you know that 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 enjoys you know that that, um, that they enjoy. So. so I can also understand though, right? Like I can understand because it, I mean it happened with me. Uh, um, I was bullied pretty heavily in middle school. Um, I was like I was like okay, not to sound yeah it was yeah you were in my life. Um, yeah. I would apologize, but I don't regret it. It's okay. I'm I'll do whatever you want, but no, but. I, I was I was bullied, right? Um, yeah, I understand loving something so much, being bullied for it, and then when everyone begins to love it, feeling the need to gatekeep and feeling bitter because yeah, I can you weren't that too. you weren't allowed. Yeah, you weren't allowed the luxury of being able to enjoy it with other people. You enjoy it. You enjoy you. You are, and then you also take pride in being the OG, but you feel bitterness towards everyone else who's just now hopping on like first of all like what the fuck do you know second of all i suffered for this you know what i mean um and not to be dramatic but um you know that's kind of how it was with deadpool for me but then i eventually was like you know it's who gives a shit like who gives a shit yes i was bullied yes it was bad it was really bad 
Um, it was a time in my life. It's a time in my life I really resent. Okay. Um, and I like Deadpool before most people knew who he was outside of the comic community. Um, and especially my age, right? People would walk around. I would walk around the halls. They see me shirt like, oh, why does Spider-Man have a gun? Well, you know what I mean? Like, they just didn't know. The Deadpool game came out. PewDiePie popularized it. Um, and Deadpool even more. And then the movie Ryan came Reynolds out. Right? And then test footage. Yeah. Yeah. God, I test still footage. remember when that test footage drop. I was, I, nev- I'd never been yes. more excited in my fucking life. Bro. I remember yes, when no, I saw oh. Deadpool, when the movie came out, I was literally shaking. I was so excited. <laughs> oh yeah. Me too. Me too. I, I, I had, Oh, he was my original comfort character for the longest time. Besides like, I mean, I guess shadow the hedgehog, then Deadpool, you know, like my ADHD hyperfixation comfort character. Right. And I was Deadpool for the longest time. But like, I understand it. Um, I just, and this is, this, I love that this is a tangent we have talking about the MCU, but that is these guys. That is literally them. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's why they feel a need to voice their opinion so strongly. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Um, it's, it's like literally like just, Case closed, open shut bookcase of of the Luke Skywalker controversy when like Last Jedi came out, like open shut. We don't need to look any further. My inference is, I would bet so much money on my assessment. And I didn't grow up with them. I don't know them personally. I didn't grow up in the time, but I have been bullied. I understand. I understand tying your identity so closely to something. That's why we're nerds, right? It's 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 a something we actually actively take pride in liking and doing, um, and it's and it's nice when we're able to find that community. Um, so I understand, but um, yeah, I remember in I think it was middle school. There was this uh, other kid who was like, other than uh, Joel, who's a <clears throat> Torn and I's other friend, uh, he was like the only other Star Wars fan I think I knew. But then there was this other kid. He was in my class. And it was like the only time we get to talk because we just had different periods other than that period. And we had different like friend groups at lunch where we talk about Star Wars in class. And every time we'd see each other in Star Wars Star, or in the hallways, we'd just be like Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. It's like just just like this tiny little moments that we could share uh, just because we were just fans of the same thing. And that was obviously before the fucking sequel. So it was like it wasn't so fucking toxic. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I I. The internet, the I, and I hate to be that guy, but I really do think a lot of it has to do with the anonymity that comes with um, the internet, um, social media, how large of a presence that has in our lives, and like tribalism and how that affects community. Um, you know what I mean? Like it to have like an other to pit yourself against with other people. That's a it it feels good it just does um and people do that and it's also way easier to just let yourself be angry sit with that right it's literally Especially, yeah yes and when it gets you money too like the people in charge of all of these like waves of i'm like talking with my hands i'm like really into this waves of hatred towards all this stuff it makes money even if you don't believe in it, I think I do think a, a fair portion of these people are grifters. If they're oh, smart absolutely. enough to make the money, yeah, I guarantee grifters. you, a good like eighty percent of them don't even hate the stuff they're hating on. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's because they're smart enough to play these people to make the money. They understand, right? They're still terrible people, but you know what I mean? It's just, ugh, ugh, that's such a fucking Yeah, but, you know, She-Hulk. What's next? Supergirl? Batwoman? Ugh. Fucking ridiculous. Iron Heart? Ew. Imagine if they made, like, like Iron Man, like a little, like a little black girl. Fucking ridiculous. So that would be so gay. Bro, Ugh. the wokeness that's coming out of fucking, it's Disney, bro. It's always Disney. I just, I just can't believe there are other races than me. I just can't <laughs> believe it. I don't want to. I, I don't want to. Ugh. Everything's catered toward people of color now. Like, what, where's the stuff for the white guys? Exactly. What happened to the white man? What happened to him? What happened to me? I don't know. But the next thing on my list is the, uh, the are there any is there any that are because I feel like this next one for me is an unpopular opinion, but I think right. it's a dumb fucking stupid controversy. Uh, the Insomniac Spider-Man face change. It, it is. Uh, that's dumb. It is. That dumb. Was stupid. To this day, people it, are like, uh, that, like, it could be a, literally an unrelated post. It's just. It's like a clip or something. People are like, the old face was so much. Shut the fuck up. Number one, they had a legitimate reason to change it. It fit Yuri Lowenthal's facial capture better. That's fine. Number two, people are like, he looks younger than Miles. No, he doesn't. Like, <laughs> like they both look fine. I mean, both faces, that is. They both look fine. He's supposed to be 24. He looks so young. How many 24-year-olds look like, like, like who, who do you know? <laughs> like, like, there's just so many 24-year-olds, 25-year-olds that look just like that. <laughs> it, like, Tom Holland's 25. <laughs> like, I will say, I, I, <clears throat> as much as I do, I do prefer the original, but I also don't think I'd be saying that if they had just come out the gate with a new face. I think, I think it's just one of those things where John Bobniak, he just has a very distinct face. Um, very, you know what I meant. You know what I mean. Very different. Um, I liked it. I also do personally think in that final scene, in the comparison, as tinfoil hat of this, uh, of of me as this might be, uh, when he was walking away from Otto, I do feel like there was more expression um, coming from the old model um, than the new one, and that's kind of. And I did kind of question the reasoning for a little bit after that, but. They can make whatever the changes they want, whatever changes they want to. It doesn't. It doesn't inherently affect um, Peter as a character. It doesn't inherently affect his arc. It doesn't inherently affect his likability. Um, which I mean, likability is such a subjective, subjective thing. Who gives a shit? As long as his character is not out there, out of character, killing people for a reason that you know, for shock factor. You know, I don't give a shit. Um, it's fine. He does look young. He does look a little closer in age to Miles, but I don't care. There's so many, so many people I know who are like 28 who look like they're 18. Like, it's, it's just a thing. And it's Peter Parker who's supposed to be boyish. Yeah, he is boyish. He's a little twink. Okay, like yes, they did give him the body of like kind of a buff basketball player in, in Insomniac's game. I like that. I do like that. I like the way it contrasts with Miles, but he's still at heart a twink. So leave him be. Leave him be. Also, like, I th- people are just so uh, both afraid, but they're just not, they just don't like change. 
Because I, because like, I mean, like you said, I guarantee you in another universe, if we, it was out the gate with what's considered the new face now, and then they changed it to what's considered the old face, people would still be up in arms. <laughs> I think they, yeah. I think they just don't like change. But also, like, I remember when the whole thing happened, I was so fucking baffled by why people were so upset. I, there was like a side by side because, you know, people were making side by sides. Insomniac released like a side by side and whatnot. And it was like some, Still, I think he was in Otto's lab and he had the lab coat, coat on. It was the old face and the new face. And I went to people who obviously knew who Spider-Man and Peter Parker was, but had no idea about the situation or, or like or like the game or they've never played it because because that would sway them. I literally went to them. I was like, which one looks more like Peter Parker to you? And every single one of them said the new face looked more like Peter Parker. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I really think it's just because people don't like like there's nothing wrong with it like even if like obviously people can have a preference preference and that's fine but the fact that people got so fucking yeah. mad about something so trivial is so dumb like, like these, these are the same people who like bullied insomniac until they released the fucking Raimi suit which then people then gave them shit for because oh it's not screen accurate like oh my god <laughs> Yeah, I will bully them, though, for putting Ghost Spider in the game and the Electro Proof shoot, suit and not Superior in a game that's literally about Otto Octavius. That's it. That's all I wanted. Mid-Octavius. Put it in there. Shut the fuck up. Octavius. Shut the fuck up. If Superior isn't in the next game, I will be upset. But, again, it's not like, dude, them changing the face, people got as upset at that as people would if, if like, they said, hey, the next game won't have any web swinging. We're going to do turn-based uh, strategy game. That's the kind of response I would expect. Such a fundamental change. It's... Who cares? Um, yeah. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Spider-Man, I know we talked about it like, um, like many podcasts ago, but... Um, so I saw this like dumb hot take the other day that someone said the the MCU ruined Spider-Man and I'm like dude like no they did it's not comic accurate it's not comic accurate like Spider-Man Spider-Man has always been a loner high top where's Uncle Ben high top this is literally high top I know high top fucking sucks he does he's so annoying he's such a pretentious prick keep going sorry um but yeah, so basically, um, yeah, I still keep seeing that, like, how the MCU ruined Spider-Man, how, like, um, it's a disgrace to the character, like, different iterations don't exist. Um, and it's just, I just find it very, very weird, because I thought, like, all this, like, MCU Spider-Man stuff was, like, done, but apparently not. Um like while like yeah you know there are some things that like i wish would have been in the trilogy i still think that mcu spider-man is like completely fine i still i still like i still love the character because it it is spider-man it is a different take on the character but like the fact that like no way home like recontextualized his story to make sure that it is kind of like a spider-man origin story in a way the whole trilogy is his origin yeah yeah it's fucking awesome Okay, I, I I really I really like like that a lot. Like, as much as I love Sam Raimi Spider Man, I would just hate to get that again. I would hate to like to see Uncle Ben shot like more than fucking Thomas and Martha Wayne. Yeah, it was hilarious because when 
they're announcing homecoming and stuff like that. And they're like, it's not an origin story. People were like, oh, thank God we don't have to see Uncle Ben die again. And then by the time Far From Home comes around, where's Uncle Ben? I can't believe we didn't get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, the, the so 180s, crazy. Yeah, she was in, she was insane. He learned everything. So he learned that lesson Uncle Ben taught him over the course of those movies. Like that's that's like how that worked. Also to say, Homecoming has such a distilled spirit of Spider-Man as a character. It's like undeniable and far from home. People are like, oh, like it's it's like so unbelievable. He do this or do this or whatever. Give the glasses. He's a kid and he feels the pressure to live up to the guy who literally saved the world. Basically, this world's like, yeah, like it's it's he he's a kid in high school and he wants to experience his life. It's not selfish of him to do that. It's not inherently selfish. He just has to be reminded that his power comes with responsibility and also that he should be confident in whatever kind of hero he's going to be because he won't be Tony, but it doesn't mean he can't be just as good. And if not better down the line, and it's not even something he should be focusing on. You know what I mean? As long as he's just doing the right thing. Far from home is so underrated. It has one of the like coolest visual sequences I've ever seen in an MCU movie. Far from that- home is so fucking funny. Because, like, because the people, people like that, the movie just went over people's heads or they just, or they just wanted to hear one thing because like, they're like, are you going to be the next Iron Man or blah, 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 blah. And then they completely ignore, you're never going to be Iron Man. Tony couldn't even live up to Iron Man. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's set up for for the thematic. That's obviously an arc setup. If it was in the trailers, that's obviously a question they answer. It's not a rhetorical. It's not a thing where it's like, oh. Oh, it's just implying like this is how it's going to be. You're literally taking the position of the like basically the audience that's pressuring Peter. It's it's in 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 that way. It is a little meta and neat. Well, I they they even over exaggerate in Homecoming because the whole point of that movie <laughs> is him just being the friendly neighborhood Spider Man. <laughs> like to, like yeah. Tony, obviously people people just number one exaggerate the amount of Tony Stark that's in it, and then people exaggerate. Oh, he's the new Uncle Ben, which he's not. Like t- Peter barely knows Tony by by the time Homecoming goes around. Really, he's he's babysitting him because he feels because res- Tony feels responsible, and also he it's Tony's suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's the it's the oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, well, he, he's just like if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it, which is. Which is just cool because that's the lesson he learned in Iron Man three. Uh, yeah, but then also, he's like, he makes he gets his 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 homecoming suit. He proves that not only doesn't does he not need the suit, he can do things his own way. He doesn't have to just obey what Tony Stark does. And then he and then he turns down the Iron Spider suit and being an Avenger at the end of the movie. And, and, yeah, and, yeah. His agency. In no way is he Iron Boy Jr. in the fucking slightest. And then, of course, they, you know, make fun of it in No Way Home with the little, like, Time Magazine thing, which was funny. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Um, Yeah, no, like, I I was just, like, saying, like, it's just funny how, like, people just took Iron Boy Jr. and ran with it, bro, for fucking years. And I'm just like, bro, y'all just, y'all watch movies with your fucking eyes closed. It's fucking insane. So it is a comic accurate thing though. I, I a lot of people there's a guy I watch on YouTube. His name is Implicitly Pretentious and y'all should watch him. He is amazing. He really is. Um and he um was talking about how every Spider-Man 
in film is comic accurate, just yes. more to yep. a different era, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so Stan Lee and Steve Ditko Spider Man, that's Tom. I, I mean, a lot of those, a lot of the inspiration is for Tom. They're just so modernized. Um, Iron Man takes the place of Human Torch. That's just mm, I didn't Human think about Torch. that. Human Torch was Peter's, um, like mentor hero look up to figure yeah in in the original run right and so like that's what that's tony's place uncle ben had a very minimal role in that original run as well so i think i think like yeah i don't remember if torn and i talked about it but yeah people are we were like uh, we definitely talked about it at least off mic. <laughs> we were t- saying like the people who are mad about Tom's or even Andrew's are just people that don't know anything about the comics and they just know Raimi's version and they're like that's Spider Man and that's the blu- that's the blueprint and nothing else. It's such a it's and so they assume just because it's been touted for so long that like oh this is like a direct translation from the '60s comics. It's not. Yeah, exa- exactly. And it's like one of the reasons why I. As much as I love Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, I fucking hate what he did to Peter Parker because people think that is just how Peter Parker is. Like, he's not a fucking creep. He's like, of course, he's a nerd, but he also fucking, like, he's a playboy, too. Like, and he's also, like, very cool. And that's why, like, one of the things I hate, I would never forget Twitter for doing this, but someone has, like, almost 700,000 likes where some dumb bitch was like, oh... Like I mean, yeah. Was, I mean, I mean, the person, the person, the person was dumb as hell. They were like the slurs. They were, they were like, oh, how, like, why is Andrew, why is Andrew Garfield Spider Man so cool? He doesn't ride a skateboard. And I'm like, this man was riding a motorcycle in the original run of the comics. And even okay, then, what is what is a skate? What is riding a skateboard even fucking do? Like, why does that make him cool? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Peter in the comics, also the original one. I think I think Andrew gets the spirit of Stanley. Like the well, exactly. Yeah, Stan I was Lee. gonna say there's been plenty but of yeah. like sort of retrospective since then. We're saying that Andrews is more accurate to the original run, and yeah. it is. Asshole. Asshole to he's, he's absolutely an asshole. He's a he's a he is selfish that's and cocky, whole, and that's, that's what he wrestles with. That's the point. You know what I mean? That it's these base impulses he has. Those are the things that make it so hard for him to, like, be the hero he should be. He has to be right, Um, and some of them Mm -hmm. help him though too. It's not like it's not like him being like like um, him having that kind of anger is like an innately bad thing. But he does. He's a he's a hothead in the comics. Yeah, um, he really is. So, and then there's also like a point where people are like. Oh, I don't understand why um, Andrews like oh like yeah they're talking about how Andrews uh Peter Parker went for, went for revenge and I'm like that's literally what Toby did in the first in like in, in literally the first movie he killed the guy yeah he killed him he and, literally and, killed him and in, and like literally and that's what happened in the original comics too like there's like a there's like a line like, in the little bubble he's just saying like oh yeah I'm gonna make them pay for like what they did to me. Like literally signaling revenge, and I'm like, y'all are dumb. I know this went on. Like, I was like, I know this went on. Like, I was supposed to talk about MCU Spider Man, but this, this is just a Spider Man in general. So yeah, let's just keep it going. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. it ties in because they're giving yeah. too much credit to one thing mm-hmm, and not yeah, giving sure. enough credit to MCU Spider Man for. They're all, they're all MCU now. 
So yeah, true. We're, we're fine. Well, and, I even I even said uh, I think I don't remember what I said it, but it was on the podcast how like since No Way Home, even though it's still pretty bad, like it, like before No Way Home, it was so toxic, and now people are a bit more accepting of all the versions, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. Andrews. And especially since, well, I also think the lead up to it was like a boiling point too. Like, even though there was hype for everyone, I think it was still a boiling point of like the toxicity. And now it's just like, well, there's no new Spider-Man movie to get. Like, whenever something, whenever there's hype for something new, people will just like, they love to pull up the hot takes. And then it turns into, and I love it too, straight up. I like it. The discourse, the drama, it feeds me, right? It, It keeps me full. But you know, people are like, I don't, I don't know, dude. I, I just think, I just think it's just such a crazy thing. How everyone's basically like, you can have a favorite. My favorite's Andrew. Okay, um, I actually think Amazing Spider-Man Two is a really good Spider-Man story. I do. I, it's all over the place. It's messy, but it gets the spirit of the character so right. And I don't really care for Dana Hans Goblin, but whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean. Point is, point is, Herb, yeah, goblin. yeah, the shit, shit goblin. But I, I like that movie a lot. Um, I just really do. Um, yeah, I, I love when Gwen's neck snapped. It was really good. <laughs> Wait, hate to be that guy. She just straight up hit the floor. That was not her neck snapping. That was straight yeah, up. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a back break. That was a that was a ribs. Ribs are gone. That was a smashed that, her head into the her skull is done. Yeah, it's over. But that 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 was such a also. I remember the theater went silent. I remember that. I remember. I remember. I burst out laughing. Oh yeah, I remember. I came. <laughs> no, but no, but I I remember in the theater. I remember thinking like, because you know this was back before I was just too young. I didn't get into leaks. I was off the internet. I was whatever off the grid like a G. So I wasn't involved in any of the leaks or whatever. I was like fourteen, fifteen, I think fourteen, and and I um I was like. No way, they're gonna pull a Disney and he's he is gonna save her. Even though the in the comics she dies. So like will he won't won't he? Kind of a thing. Because I fully expected her to die. But then I saw him like reach after her and I'm like, they're not gonna break him that bad. Like they're not. They're not gonna do something that bad. And they did. And it's still such a visceral thing to watch. So fucking funny. Because it is it's hilarious. It's because their chemistry their chemistry is what carried those movies. I think that's the the best, most natural most entertaining part of those movies and what defines them is and the web swing stone oh and the web swinging web swinging god it looks so amazing it does it uh amazing spider-man 2's action is so kinetic and and interesting and just and the first one such an iconic web swinging scene i like that i like that word kinetic it is it's kinetic amazing i I don't think i I didn't see the amazing spider-man 2 in theaters yeah Um, i didn't see it either i was uh I was done with Spider-Man by that point. For me, I, I mean, the I amazing, was, I was, the first one ruined it for me. I was like, um, really? Yeah. Well, I, I talked about this and I think in my, in our, the amazing Spider-Man recap, I, I was completely this, the amazing Spider-Man movies ruined Spider-Man for me for a bit. <laughs> uh, a kid, I've I, since, I I've since come around on them, but yeah, at the time I was like, why is it so fucking dark? Why is Andrew? This isn't, I don't like this guy. I don't like anything about this. Like, <laughs> uh, I was change. very much change. so very much. So, uh, I, I still fucking hate the suit in <laughs> the first one, at least, but, I, but I, love that. I, I used to, I used to hate it. I love it. The only thing I hate about the, the, the suits is the really long spider legs 
uh, especially on mm-hmm. the second one. I hate the long spider legs on the back spider. The oh, the back spider. Uh, yeah, yeah, the red, the red back spider. Uh, it's the super long legs. It's I'd nasty. To, I'd have to look at it. I like the really puffy, like red spider, like the one in the yeah. homecoming suit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or, yeah. <laughs> that one so much. I uh, I was I excited when I got rid of it in Far From Home. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like. I do like the day. It's awesome too. Oh, awesome too. The first one, I, I, it really grew on me. I just think it's iconic. You know, if it was what we were stuck with for forever, I'd hate it. But because it was like the first one, we moved past it. We have a new Spider-Man now. Andrew isn't even our definitive Spider-Man. It's fine. It's whatever. You ain't even the shit no more. Oh, it's true. <laughs> true. But the, speaking about like going going back to like um, the chemistry of of um, Emma Stone's uh, Gwen. Because I like that so much, it made me like, like, hate Raimi's MJ so much more. Yeah. Yes, dude. Yeah. Like it, 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 like I thought. I, I joke. I joke around it around with um, Peyton like off air. Like the scene where she gets like a, like almost gets assaulted, and like she ends up falling in love with like Spider Man on some like very fast rescuer syndrome shit. I find that so baffling. Meanwhile, she's with Harry. Yeah, maybe, yeah, she is with Harry, and then like yeah, throughout the trilogy, of course, you know she's like you know talking to different dudes and like string along Peter and stuff. I'm just like, bro, like this is not how MG is in the comics either, because you know she's very she's very like bold and she's like MG's cool. Yeah, MG's cool in the comics. She's like she knows what what she wants. An unpopular opinion, I think she's fucking cool in the game too. She is cool in the game. Yeah, yeah, she yeah she is. I, I just hate playing as her, but she's fine. I like her missions you as know, well. I, I think I, I look, I've been in that game 13 times. No exaggeration. Okay. It's a good game. It is. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I just, those, it's like after playing Metal Gear 5 a million times, after playing so many good stealth games, even Arkham, whatever, I just, it's just, it just personally, it's a pace breaker to me. I feel like, I feel like it's the same thing as the little puzzles. Which I just turned on the. Oh yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah, the skit. Yeah, um, I, I I understand why they're there, and I think they do offer some good story. I think Miles Rhino boss fight is the best one. Okay, that one I think is really good. Um, where he's sneaking through Rhino's like area. Um, oh, sneaking right, through yeah. his vulva, through his vulva, um, and his uh, cloaca and his pussy. But you know, but I don't know. I um. I think MJ like to the to Raimi's credit, Peter does a lot of boneheaded shit that yeah, like like yeah. like if you're dating that guy, yes, you're gonna be thrown for a fucking loop, right? But most of her drama is just revolved around um outside of the play, which I actually think is is neat, like the play element and her just wanting to like ha- she has a passion and a drive. Outside of that, it's just a love triangle thing. Um or very like just like oh like like I love Peter and like that's it, um, which I understand the time it came out in doesn't excuse it in my opinion it's just the most mid element of those films to me is yeah. uh, the way they characterize her it's not it's not even just it's and and like like everyone who's listening like be clear like um, let me let me be clear it's not because mm. we're like a misogynist or whatever she's just literally written in a misogynistic way 
Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, the, the yeah the characterization which wasn't really... uncommon in the early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's still and it's and it's fair of us to criticize still. So yeah, for yeah. sure. So we yeah. will. That is, I mean, I, I'm done with uh, that my Spider Man part because Lord knows what what we're gonna see in the future of Spider Man. But yeah, point point is we love Spider Man. We we love him. Like arguably the best character of all time. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. One of the best fictional characters of all time for sure. Except, except, except for the recent comic run because he fucking sucks right now. Yeah, it just depends. Just, I have uh, I have a, a comic of Spider Man. I think it's by. I don't, it's not by Dan Slott. I think it's by Nick Spencer. I like Nick Spencer. I like I how think he so. Peter. I, I like how he writes Peter. Um, so I've yet to I have yet to read it, but I'm I'm waiting to read the Spider Man one later because I'm still going through my Daredevil runs because I have Frank Miller and Are you reading Zdarsky at all? Huh? Oh, I don't have I don't have much of Zdarsky right now. Wade? I yeah, I have Mark Wade. Bendis? I have Mark I have Mark Bendis Wade and my Mar- favorite. Yes, and Bendis and Brubaker I have I have those. Bendis was my favorite. Um and the art is just also amazing. Um, but no, the Nick Spencer Spider-Man run, when he picked it up from Dan after Slot was done. Because uh, I heard Dan Slot like is horrible. There's an interview right now. I'm if the listeners can hear that. <laughs> oh, I, I, don't, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. Well, yeah, but the mic is definitely mind. picking it. <laughs> oh, but um, I know. But Ryan Otley, the guy who designed Invincible, who did Invincible, um, all the art for those comics. He did the art, um, and his art style lends itself amazingly to Spider-Man. Um, and along with the expensive storytelling, it's really good. Um, I just, uh, yeah, no, but I, I will agree. He, yeah. he is a phenomenal yeah. character. For sure. Man, that's it. That's it for me. How well, far, do you have how anything far, else? How far is it? The, is the recording? Is it like Don't worry two about hours? It. Don't worry about it? Yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, I mean, we can try and wrap it up, because I... I I mean, I mean, we we can fit in like two, like two more topics, two or two more points. I I just have I I, I may have one. Again, yeah, like one again, more? there's there's so many that we could do a follow up. Yeah, that's like, yeah, sure. Like, a couple months down the line and yeah. wait for more controversies too. Um, I I um, okay. Ooh, I have an X Men one that, that that that'd be for another time. Um, this one to me is a can of worms. It's just a can of worms, okay? Um, I bring it up every time I can. Um, it's a big one. I'm passionate about it. The reason I think it's a dumb controversy, um, unless, Peyton, you had one that you wanted to do before me, because it's not my turn. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's your turn. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, so this controversy... Okay, sorry then. Yeah, um, it's dumb because no one is no one thinks when they talk about it, okay? Um, that's why it's dumb, Okay. The Last Jedi. Oh, oh, that's just the entirety of the Last Jedi. Um, because I writ- I wrote that down. I put the entirety uh, of the Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the Last Jedi. It's just because here's the thing. Okay, I think that movie is fantastic. Okay, I and I and I and I'm. It's not like a a, a fucking like bias thing or whatever. I just. I've reevaluated this so many times. I've thought about it. I have considered every other fucking point possible. I really have. Okay. I have talked to so many of my friends 
who just disagree. Some of them who come up with like just the most complicated, well thought out uh, for whatever reason, like well thought out and just like a really weird tunnel vision way responses or like rebuttals to basically, Oh, like this is like, this is how it should be. Or this is whatever, whatever the last Jedi does. And it's just like, dude, the dumbest of the dumbest controversies in the last Jedi is people were pissed that Snoke died. Why would you be pissed that we're not getting a repeat of the emperor? No one wanted that. I can't believe you think that any of us wanted that. Why would you have wanted it? Who gives a I shit? I remember Snoke? watching in the theater and when he got cut in half, I was like, Oh, thank God. No, that was like such an amazing subversion. And I know people are like, oh, dude, you just learned that word from a YouTuber. Oh, dude, like subversion is just like for subversion's sake is meaningless. It was not subversion for subversion's sake. It was it was to bolster Kylo Ren's arc. Okay, and also it's it's like Kylo Ren, if he wasn't imagine a story where he wasn't redeemed and he just doubled down on being evil. Right. Because that's what he was doing in Last Jedi was doubling down harder despite his good nature he he chose i'm gonna just i'm the big bat and 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 it's meta in a way because a lot of the first complaints a lot of the complaints from force awakens for a lot of people even though kylo carried the movie a lot of the people who hate the last jedi also thought kylo in force awakens was a whiny little crybaby bitch he was supposed to be and this movie is improving that he's not that and not only is he not that he's the big bat there's no one bigger than him in this no one Right. That's so good. And, and and even if it's not like even if you don't like it, I just can't imagine being so pissed that like Snoke doesn't have a backstory. Are you here for backstories for these characters? Or are you here so that we have a good, just satisfying, cohesive story with no fat? Right. Like a good story like Kino. Right. Because Last Jedi is as Kino as it could be. OK. They. Brian Johnson, people say he ruined Star Wars. He had the task, okay, of explaining all of the weird decisions JJ made. And and he, JJ is someone who put Luke stranding him on an island, which is already so out of character for him, is someone who says so many times, you know, he just doesn't like the prequels. He just doesn't like him. And someone whose vision of the franchise is this comfort food, right? For, for boomers, for these people who grew up with it. It's nostalgia. That's it. Like, period. There's nothing else of substance to this franchise for him. And that's, it shows in Force Awakens. It really shows. The, the, um, none of the new characters are written super confidently besides Kylo. Okay. Um, and the legacy characters, like, have a very strong focal point in the narrative to the point to where, like, no wonder people are gonna, are going to not like your characters as much as they like want to see Han and Leia because you're not even confident in them comparatively. So, you know, there's all of this stuff, right? Ryan Johnson had to come up with so many explanations and reasons and things like that and carry forward these characters and then also write them confidently and give them actual personality and, and arcs. Finn in the first one was set up. It was so weird how they set it up, right? As this like, identity identity thing where it's like oh you know like maybe we're gonna bring some humanity to humanity to stormtroopers look at how this is traumatizing finn and finn's He's setting just up just fascinating ideas yeah and it sounds it, it sounds amazing right and then and then as he's escaping with um with finn or sorry with poe um from you know the the 
um, first order, he's like gunning his squad mates down and laughing about it. And like, woohoo, like yippee, which, which is such a weird contrast in tone and theme. Like you're all like, you're immediately contradicting yourself with what you're telling me. Uh, just all this stuff. And I'm not here to just shit on force awakens. I'm just saying that JJ Abrams is not squeaky clean. He's not perfect. And he was the one who kicked off this whole universe. So to sit here and tell me, right. Or say in general, it's Ryan's fault that these Ruin characters Johnson. are this way. Yeah. Yeah. Ruin Johnson and people roll their eyes and laugh about like, like leaving laugh reactions on, Facebook about Glass Onion, which is no fucking relation to Star Wars. People who are infuriated by the fact that he's still getting a trilogy, which thank fucking God, right? But he, but he, Ryan understands the franchise on a very personal level in a way that, of course, it would make Mark Hamill a little uncomfortable when he's his character that he, he grew up playing or whatever, not grew up, but started off playing is being deconstructed because it had to be. It had to be. Well, I and wanted to. I wanted to talk about that because, uh, you know, obviously everyone loves all the Last Jedi haters love to bring up the fact that Mark Hamill wasn't a fan of how Luke was uh, executed in the Last Jedi, and not only do they conveniently not point out the fact that he said he was wrong, but also yes. they also they love to be like, well, well, Mark Hamill is is he is Luke, so therefore he understands Luke the most, and he has a better idea of. No, he doesn't. Like yeah. I love Mark Hamill. I I love him as a human being. He's one of my he was he's one of my idols genuinely. But the man is not a writer. We like y'all like y'all got to keep in mind that this is the same guy who wanted who pitched to George Lucas at the end of Return of the Jedi. He wanted to take off Vader's helmet, put it on, and say, "Now I'm Darth Vader." <laughs> like, like, this man is not a writer. <laughs> And not to mention with with Ryan Johnson. By the way, I just came back from using the restroom. Um, Ryan Johnson was the one who was telling people off on Twitter about like Star Wars. I I, I remember that. Oh, like he posted so a, funny. He he posted a like a, like a picture of him like with with like the Star Wars one of the Star Wars books. And yeah, he actually has like a bunch of them too. And like yeah, people were coming at him saying like, oh yeah, you know nothing about like this and that. And like, yeah, he was just going off in the replies. Just, He's just owning people. It was so yeah, not amazing. even in like a negative way. It was just yeah, he, just he was just dunking on people with knowledge. Not even like yeah. fuck you. It was just more like yeah. You, yeah. Well, you you. It's someone who is such a. It's such a simple thing to ignore. It's something so many people do though. Um, but it seems like it would be hard to ignore because it's so essential to the, the themes and the story of Star Wars. The Jedi were corrupt. They were not all good. Okay, they were political pawns. And their ideas are outdated. And this is something that was even shown in the original trilogy. Luke Luke stands up to Yoda and Ben, telling him he's too far gone. Vader's too far gone. Kill him. You're going to have to kill him. Sorry, you're going to have to kill him. And he uses his compassion and emotion and love for his father to throw down his weapon and say, I'm not basically just win because he loves his dad. And he wins. And not only he redeems his father, of course, his father has to pay for his sins, and it does. But he redeems Vader. Anakin is back. And it's like, it's like, that is the that's the core theme. And it shows us the prequels, yes, yes, it is badass. And and yes, Clone Wars uses this really clever, like, 
propaganda like sort of narrative storytelling where it's like war propaganda um cartoons and stuff selling us all oh, the look at the heroics of the jedi the heroic like like oh on the front lines of Fallujah, like la 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 like and, and going off into that like um bring you up to speed for what you need to know in the episode right but then you get into the episode and then it's like oh the separatists are good oh they just want to be removed from a from this corporate oligarchy in the republic oh this is this is bad oh their their movement's being co-opted they are the empire someone. yeah well it's like it's like the republic is the empire yeah and and their movements the separatist movement their good movement is being co-opted by someone who's playing both sides and demonizing the separatists by making their literal army robots and led by a monster in general grievous okay that that is like in the jedi are just blind and arrogant and mace and like i know everyone loves mace windu but he is like the biggest the biggest example of a corrupt jedi like the perfect example of of a jedi who is so obsessed with the dogma the rules or whatever and then is a hypocrite when it comes down to it anakin walking in on him about to kill someone who to i mean anakin's knowledge was didn't have a lot of means of defense right just and and not that Anakin was like obsessed with the rules, but he's like, hey, like he's got to stand trial. Mace Windu's like, no, sorry, he's gonna die. And uh, yeah, so it's this whole it's this whole thing, right? The Jedi are not infallible. They're not this. Their stoicism was actually to their detriment. They're 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 eschewing or whatever. They just they just didn't give a shit about emotion. Suck it up, right? Whatever, Anakin didn't feel comfortable enough to come to them with that stuff. Not even Obi-Wan, who it's been suggested many times, uh, and especially in the Re- Revenge of the Sith novelization. What is wrong with me? Um, Obi-Wan would have left for Anakin, and then it explicitly stated that he loved him, right? Uh, in the movie, it does too. It says he loves him. So it's, it's this crazy thing where, like, you rip a boy from his mother who was a slave, and you get mad at him for missing her. What do you think? What do you think, dude? What do you think? It's not all their fault, right? But they are to, they definitely are to blame for a lot of it. So much death could have been avoided if they had just gotten their heads out of their pompous, pretentious asses and stopped being so obsessed. This is why Qui-Gon's the goat. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, You'll see more of him. Yeah. Qui-Gon and Dooku, Dooku is my favorite Sith for the reason that he genuinely he had he had a very um, good reason to leave. He's not even truly it. a Sith. I would. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's not. not. He's not a Sith. Yeah, he's not a Sith. He is, but he has been seduced to yeah. a degree, right, and corrupted. But but at the start, his intentions were pure, and he understood. Right, that's why Qui Gon is the way he is. Which Duke tales of the understood. Jedi, you know, shows that beautifully. Yes, it does. It's amazing. Also, Dooku Jedi Lost, awesome book, really good. Mm-hmm. And like, and just Dooku's just an amazing character. So many people overlook it, but he's such a core. He's such a core um, part of like determining like, oh, the Jedi are just not great. Uh, all of this to say, all of that rant, the ten minute rant to say, Ryan Johnson understands that, and he puts that in the Last Jedi. Right. And that is one of those things that people just get pissed at him for pissed at him for burning the old texts for like, let the past die for all of that stuff. Part of that is just condemning the Jedi and Yoda 
is doing it too because he understands now, even though it took him probably longer than anyone else to understand it. Yoda gets that. Okay. So it's this whole thing and it's done beautifully. And to fit, imagine being a creative, imagine being a director and having to juggle an arc where you have to explain why Luke abandoned his friends. You have to confidently write these new characters who you have no real true experience with, right? But you know, in the last movie, most of them, like they're interesting, but they just, nothing was really done with them. And you have to deal with like all these other legacy characters. And you, and, and trying just to do something new within the universe. Yeah. And you're fitting just retreading in. the same shit. Exactly. Exactly. You're doing something creative. Like it's a, it's a creative endeavor. I, I would be so creatively unfulfilled if I, was there and I was not allowed to do what Ryan did. And and like, he's an artist. I mean, that's just how it is. A filmmaker, you're, you're an artist, you're creating that. There's a drive behind it, a passion behind it, especially with something like star Wars, man. That's like half of filmmakers reason for getting into film is star Wars. So, you know, yeah, I would say he understands his shit just because it's something, maybe he does some things that I personally wouldn't have done. It doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean I don't like them. It doesn't mean whatever, you know what I mean? It, it's just, that's his vision. It's not his fault that the sequels are bad. There's two reasons. One of them is J.J. Abrams, and I will put the blame on him. I just will, um, based on yeah, the information. I mean, his whole mystery box bullshit. He, yeah. he loves to set shit up, but he doesn't know how to, <laughs> he doesn't know how to resolve those things. Yeah. His, um, we'll just let someone else deal with it. His notion of the franchise too, like all of the information I have on James, I know about him, has led me to believe like it's pretty much his fault. And also, management at the very least, if we had gotten, I believe, if JJ did all three movies, everyone would be in agreement. It's JJ, right? But because Ryan's there and he did the movie that has Rose in it, and in a story that is actually the only political one of the three, I know a lot of people call it like the most political star wars shit when it's literally the least the sequels are the least they're maybe interested in identity politics they literally put like live slug reaction had a longer shot after the lesbian kiss in the rise of skywalker like the immediate following shot was an alien slug um uh i forgot his name how can i forget his name but he's amazing right the slug but it's it's nothing right uh, the only reason they hate it is because, oh, Luke did this, and oh, Rose is in it, and whatever. It's because they think it's woke, and because they think that they ruined Luke's character when Ryan had to explain the fact that he was literally running away from his friends. So, yeah. It was the best movie we could have got for the setup that we got. Absolutely. A miracle, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll do one last one, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, I... <laughs> My note here is uh, Joel's death, and then I put Slash Abby in The Last of Us 2, and then I put Slash Lev in The Last of Us 2, and then I just put, really, The Last of Us 2 as a whole. Oh, yeah. That is a a huge one. Yeah, I think The Last of Us 2 is kind of ruined. Never never played it, so. But I think think The Last of Us 2 is very overhated, and that shouldn't be that polarizing, to be honest. I think it's better than the first game. I don't give a shit. Oh, shoot, whatever I think it, says. it is technically a lot better. I also think that it's like it's such a leap in the um I guess there's such a giant disparity in sort of um 
the levels of how do I put this? I feel like there's a higher amount of thinking put into the ideas that the last of us two presents the themes than there are in the first one to such an extent that it's just like night and day, like a giant leap, like you're climbing the Mount Everest, right. To show this like cycle of violence and vengeance and anger. Those ideas are so lofty and they're handled in such an excellent way. Um, and yeah, I do think that some of the elements of the game are a little problematic. Um, you know, whatever, who cares? Like, I acknowledge it. I still really like the game. Um, like, Wait, what, what's problematic? Oh, I, I don't know. I think some of the some of the violence is in poor taste, but it is thematically relevant. So it's like it has a pass. But I know that Neil Druckmann has a hard on for like shock vac, uh, value and stuff like that. But that's just more a personal thing, I guess. It's not maybe not super problematic, just a personal taste thing. Um, but I do think. Like the first one is amazing. It's much. It's much simpler. It's not. Not that it's not complicated or complex. But Last of Us Two is just so complex, um, and such an interesting moral. Um, it fully explores the gray area. Yeah, and explores the concept of what things look like from both sides, and then people just couldn't get out of their heads that. Joel is not a good guy. <laughs> like he's—I mean, he's a good guy, but he's a—he's a bad guy. <laughs> like he's a good person, technically. Like obviously, he has love for Ellie, and uh, and you know, he's—he was clearly a good father, but he's a bad guy. <laughs> um, like, uh, and it was the same thing I think with Luke for the Last Jedi. People love to put them on a pedestal being better than what they actually are. And obviously not saying like Luke is a bad guy. I'm not equating them in that sense, but uh, you know, the game put you in Abby's shoes for like half the fucking game and gave her her whole story. They did like a metal gear, whatever game that was when they like completely fucking <laughs> just duped the fucking uh, consumer. Uh, but like, they put you in Abby's shoes, gave her the gave her a backstory, showed you that hey, from her perspective, Joel is a complete fucking piece of shit. And from her perspective, and if you if we completely erase Joel and Ellie's story from your brain, and if we were following following Abby the whole time, you'd be like, "Fuck yeah, let's go kill this guy," <laughs> you know. And but people just couldn't accept that just oh no joel's dead uh but like it, it was gonna happen and and people were like oh i can't believe i can't believe joel gave him his name and uh as if he was gonna expect ah uh, yeah this <laughs> the girl from the the girl's dad that i didn't even know i had a child from four years prior is gonna come and fucking <laughs> hunt me down <laughs> like yeah i it's just like uh, it, it, the people upset that like joel got unceremoniously killed and ran with it and then just started nitpicking because they love joel so much like that's the point i don't think it was also done in like a really cynical way like it's not like no not at all I i thought it was done in a very real way like yeah. of course he's not gonna get some fucking beautiful send off or like he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna die fighting like no he's gonna die tied up 
He's gonna he's gonna pay for his sins, and he did exactly. Like that's just how it works. It's the same philosophy Star Wars has. The same one where you know you can be redeemed. <laughs> that's great, but you're still gonna die. And in the you grand know. scheme of things, at the end of the day, he doomed the world. Yeah, exactly. I I think I think the Last of Us <laughs> or doomed humanity at least. Yeah, it's. It's so good. I, I, just the way that it hu- manages to humanize everyone. I think. I think everyone, the enemies you fight, the uh, you know everybody is humanized in that game. Okay, and and like you know people you trust may not be so trustworthy. People you don't trust are just like you. It's just one of those things, and it's just so. It's very real in that, and I think it's a really difficult thing to pull off a story like that. On the scale that it did, that game is massive. It's a long game um, with a lot of moving parts. Um, I don't think it's perfect, obviously, you know, but I, yeah, I will agree that it is better than the first one. And um, yeah, and certainly from a storytelling perspective, because a lot of people's issues, even if they liked the game, uh, felt like the pacing was off because you get so far into it and then boom, it resets you as Abby and you're right back at the beginning. Yes, and I do get that from a pacing perspective because you are playing a game, and it, you know you, you the whole point is to you know make progress and stuff. So to just get reset, I get that. But also from a storytelling perspective, it wouldn't have worked any other way. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, because I mean the the impact of playing as Abby after you've been grown to hate her for so long, the impact of that right would be totally snuffed out I, I don't think it would you know what i mean you wouldn't have hated her enough and then you play her the whole point is you understand her yeah where it's, she's it's, coming from and neil even knew that he literally said in one of the behind the scenes thing he said if you don't connect with abby's story this game is not going to work for you yeah it's it's just oh but I'll, i also think that you just you know would have to lack a certain amount of empathy after a certain point if you just stick with it like it's one of those things where if you just allow yourself to sit down and stick with it, eventually you will come around. It, you know, if you're an empath- if you're just a generally empathetic person. Yeah, and then they had to um, get woken at a trans character. So boring. I love that a lot of people thought that Abby was a trans character. Yeah, because the leaks, they're like, "There's a trans character." Joel dies, and people are so fucking mad. You know, and then the mini, the little, like, I guess, mini uh, dumb controversy that I alluded to earlier. The fact that people were like, I can't believe Ellie and Abby aren't hot. Why do they look so muscular and like men? <laughs> also, the the controversy of in the show, people are upset that literally a little girl doesn't look like Ellie in the game. And the only reason is gross. It has to be yeah. for gross reasons. It's just nasty to fixate on something like that, really. And also, I mean, there are people that are so, oh, she doesn't look like Ellie. And same with Pedro Pascal. He doesn't look like Joel. I'll say it to the end, and I'll say it on my deathbed. Performance trumps uh, accuracy to the the looks every fucking day. Performance overlooks. Because, I mean, just on the trailer alone, Pedro Pascal seems to be fucking nailing Joel. I mean, just in a little snippet, you don't know what loss is like, ooh, and then and then the fucking in the newest trailer where uh, uh, Bella Ramsey is Ellie, the way they uh, I, I, it was a classic sort of like jovial Ellie moment where she doesn't really like the situation is 
dire, but she's or yeah, but Ellie's just like she's trying to make it make a joke and whatever, and it doesn't work. And it just everything about that just tiny little snippet just felt so Ellie and spot on. Like uh, like they clearly cast the right people. And apparently, according I forgot uh, according to who, but apparently they went through like a hundred different actresses for Ellie. And like clearly, they landed on Bella Ramsey for a reason because they seem to be nailing it so far. Yeah, um, I do got to get going. Yeah, well, I, that's that's pretty much all I had anyway. So yeah, is that the show? It is the show. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to Avengers podcast. If you want to follow us, or at Avengers on Twitter. That's A V E N G E Nerds. All one word. If you want to follow any, uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at I'm at Zenith underscore on Twitter. Where can they reach y'all? Uh, nowhere. All our social medias. Yeah, just I don't. Next time. (laughs) 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 You can also uh, you know join our Discord if you'd like to join the conversation there. Those will be linked in the show notes. You can also check out our links here and any additional links you may be interested in. You can also review the show in app on Apple Podcasts if you leave five stars in a review. It would really help us out. Thanks again for listening to the Avengers Podcast. We'll see you next week. Later. Bye.